0: good evening and welcome back to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i'm your host gary morgan totally exhausted and in between business trips uh, with me, as always, is my co-host and dedicated hockey dad, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother?
1: And T-Ball. And T-Ball, Gary. Let's not forget about T-Ball. So.
0: Well, I'm pulling for the hockey stardom. I think the Penguins are going to need some help. Sid's going to retire at some point, and Ben's right in the right age group. We, so.
1: we got him on the right track, man.
0: That's right. So, It's also our great pleasure to introduce a special guest this week to the show. And for some of you outside of the Pittsburgh market folks... You may not even know her because you don't have at and Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Uh, welcome studio host, Allie Cohen, to the fan forum. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I was like, I we were talking before and it was all fun. And now my hands are clammy, my armpits are sweating. To <laughs> so thanks
1: for
2: having me. I appreciate you guys having me. I'll tell you what, I
0: love you saying that on the show because, you know, somebody who's seasoned and used to being in front of a camera you know, I I think a lot of people underestimate the guts it takes the regular people we have on this show to come on here and step up and deliver for, for 45 minutes about just their favorite baseball team. That takes guts, and we probably don't give enough people credit for that. So it's good to hear that a pro guts. feels that yeah. way, too. Yeah, I don't
2: know about guts, but it's like it's it's the one time. You know, you got to – you want to be funny, but then you're, so when you want to be funny, you're not funny when you want to do it. So I'll just try, and not, try not to, yeah. Well, we, I mean,
1: we haven't, we haven't ruined it yet, you know, and we've been doing it for over a year now. So you, yeah, you'll be fine. We
0: yeah. should probably start out talking ball because that's why most of you clicked in the first place, I would assume. Right. Um, first up today, I want to talk about rookies who've gotten a shot so far. You know, we've had Jack Sawinski, we've had Diego Castillo, Tucapito Marcano, Miguel Yajure, Rwanzi Contreras. It's incredibly early, Jim, but this, this is why this season's going to be fun. Growing pains and all. I mean, what have you felt seeing some of this talent start to creep up here and in many cases produce?
1: Well, I mean, It's what we've been waiting for, um, you know, and um, we know that uh, we're not going to get a ton of satisfaction right now out of of, uh, wins and losses and the standings. And so this is where, you know, when this all started and Sherrington was brought in and the, there was the regime change and we talked about tearing things down and bringing guys in and now we're starting to see some of it. And so, right. you know, it's fun to be able to start seeing, um, you know, the Jack Swinskis of the world come up and um, get his first hit and then get his first RBI and, you know, he he's capable in the field and, you know, we already know a little bit about Diego Castillo and, man Roanzi, just what can you say so like it's just it's just fun to finally start seeing it and as the as this year goes on we're going to start seeing it a little bit more and a little bit more and you know that's exciting because that's what we have that's what we have to build this thing on here
0: yeah we may not have a record to look back on and be happy about but i think we're going to enjoy the overall picture once it's painted and you know, Allie, at times sitting next to Fort, you probably get the impression everybody's really close because he is an infectious optimist. <laughs> um but now you're away from the studio. You're here on this show and what's caught your eyes so far with the youngsters? Anything in particular that's jumped out at you?
2: Well, I mean, Jack Swinski's dad, if you want to go there, because I mean <laughs> well, it is interesting though when when you get to follow their families. I know you mean on the field, but when they come, and you know, most families, if they can, they try to make it as right. soon as they can for the debut. If not the debut, then the next day, depending where where they're coming from.
0: It was nice of Jack not to call him till he was pulling in the parking lot. I know. <laughs> part,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that was great.
2: What the heck? He was like, because his his dad said, "Yeah, I got." I he called him, and then he said, "I don't have time. I gotta go." But he had a two hour drive from out. Right.
1: It's called it's called speakerphone, buddy. I mean, but yeah.
2: Boy, I know they were driving in together, but. You waited that long and I just, but it was, his dad was, was great. I mean, I think all the parents, you see how, how proud they are and how much these, I mean, even I didn't play at that level and obviously baseball, but at any sport that level. And I know the sacrifices that my parents made growing up. Playing a sport that I was never going to play professionally, basketball. But you know, AAU every single weekend. It's changed, you know, in over the years. But you know, we traveled to them every single weekend. So I think for me, obviously, to, to see them produce on the field and get a chance, and I think that comes, you know, off of the off of the um, the new CBA too. You know, you you're wanting to see these guys come up sooner. Right. And so with some of these changes that they made, and obviously there's a long way to go. But you want to get these guys up. You want to see them if they have the ability and they produce, then keep them there. And uh, not only not only that, but seeing, you know, the, the human part of it—the their families and all the work that they've put in and what they've sacrificed—and I think that's really the coolest part for me is is watching that. Um, and even with um, Solsa when he was at when he was on the mound the other day, yeah. Yeah. he he said afterwards. He was like, you know, that first at bat with McCutcheon, he was like, I don't even remember. I can't even tell you the pitches that I threw. I have no idea the sequence. He said, but after that, I calmed down. And on the broadcast, they were commenting how calm he looked. I mean, and he's a, where did he, he went to Dartmouth, I think. He's a, yeah. He's really
0: talk about lights out too. So in, in his like, debut, he, yeah, you would
1: never know to look at him, good. but
2: you never know. So, there's a,
1: there's an
0: example of a starting pitcher. He comes up. He's probably really not been in anybody's plans. He's not been in anybody's forecasted future rotation or anything. A little old. Like I mean, he's
2: at 27. I think he's 27. yeah.
0: He's yeah. he's getting up there a little bit. Had some arm troubles. Early on,
2: thirty-five year
1: old. <laughs> hey, I'm, oh I'm god, I am looking
0: backwards too here a
1: little bit. Yeah, before. let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, I was taking personal offense when people were calling Ben Roethlisberger Methuselah last year. I mean,
2: I mean, yeah,
0: but <laughs> but I am watching I am watching this kid up there, and all of a sudden he's turned into an effective bullpen arm, and and that's what he's looked like this entire year in AAA, and it's early, but to see him come up and just shove as soon as he gets a shot. In the majors that's great and i and i don't know if, how long that's gonna continue but it's nice to see so many of these kids finally getting a chance and i like that they're not really worried about the 40 man they seem to be calling guys up that are performing not necessarily like caring about whether you're on the 40 man or not yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and, and here's something else, too, is like um, it's nice to start seeing some guys um, that are coming up that don't necessarily have deer in the headlights looks to them. Yeah. yeah right. And that's, you know, because that hasn't always been the case lately around uh, PNC Park when guys are coming up, you know, because, I mean, let's be honest. Some of them probably didn't have the pedigree or the talent, and now we're starting to see that. So guys look a little bit more like they belong. Because they belong, and yeah, so you know um, that's a nice thing to see too. Is you just I mean yeah we we had a, a, a the there's already I think a meme of uh, uh, Sawinski's eyeballs like this, uh, right. you know oh you haven't seen it Ali you have to see it it's like he's staring off into the into the stands at PNC and his eyeballs are just huge but. Someone it was well-timed.
0: A- it was right after I sent out a tweet saying that he didn't look like he had yeah. rookie in his yeah.
1: eyes. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, sometimes, hey, these are overcast days. you got to get those contacts cleared out when you're trying to focus so, on those pitches. But, uh, yeah, so I just I, I like the fact that guys look a little bit more like they belong.
0: Yeah, good stuff. I mean, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back, um, talk a little bit more about how the Pirates are handling this pitching staff and get to know Allie a little bit more. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Allie Cohen with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, handling of the pitching staff here. And something specific that I'm focused on is how the entire thing collapses like a house of cards when something like that Thompson start happens. It's cool when it works. But one bad start, one bad stretch from somebody... And you can see how everything falls apart real quickly. You overuse that bullpen real quick. You have starters that aren't used to going every day. So you kind of can't spread them out the same way you normally would when it's a bunch of bullpen arms that are used to going back to back. They're used to going two out of three days. They're used to going three out of four on occasion. I mean every plan looks great, Allie, until some somebody dents the straight lines. I mean, can this overall positive staff performance
2: last? I mean, it's baseball. I mean, of course you're going to have stretches. I mean, that's that's literally what happens in baseball. You have stretches of where, you know, pitching staff, the batters, whatever it is, there's a, there's a good stretch and there's a bad stretch. You never have, it never stays consistent in baseball ever. I mean, unless you're I mean, even you look at the Braves last year, everyone thought, everyone thought they were going to win and then they started the season. that was horrible. And then they came back. It's, it's never, I mean, you want to be consistent. That's the goal, obviously, but I right. feel like baseball is probably the most, you know, that's why they're averages, but it's probably the most inconsistent sport, but if you're uh,
0: consistent. You're probably an MVP candidate.
2: Yeah. yeah yes, right. for sure. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, looking at the bullpen, I had some notes written down yesterday and of course, you know, Will Crow, of course he was, he was eventually going to give up some runs. Sure. Um, but obviously, just everything about him—his demeanor, his arsenal—everything just looks so much. Even his, even his physique, he looks a little bit like he looks a little. I don't know if he looks filled out, just maybe because his hair. Was I I don't know. Uh, but I think that when you have, um, I think it was three of the four. That was three of the four relievers that pitched the most innings had a, had had not allowed a run. So that was that would have been Crow Bednar,
0: Bednar Crow, and. I think there was it one was, more.
2: But. It wasn't. It was. who uh, wasn't. Now it's going to bother me. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I thought it was three or four. And then obviously Pro last night uh, let up a couple runs. But, I, you know, I don't. I think, you know, we were talking about the pitching staff. Uh, the number of pitchers being extended until the end of May. That they're allowed to keep uh, 14 pitchers on the staff until the end of May instead of May 2nd. Obviously, the, the roster goes back to 26 on Tuesday. But. Right. You know, I think that you don't have with the Pirates pitching staff, it's it's always kind of like what's gonna go on. I mean I mean when are you really like when do you really when are you gonna place a bet on this on this staff? I mean it's like you're you you're always wondering how they're gonna get through. And when you look at the first part of the season, I'm not sure if it was Roberto Perez who said this. I forget who said it, but talking about how managing the pitching staff that, that Derek Shelton has really done an unbelievable job. And when you look at what he's done and what he has and, and what you have to work with in matchups on certain days, he really has when you look at how they've been able to stay in some of these ball games, and right. they have the most comeback wins in all of baseball. Today would have been another one. Obviously they, they um, weren't able to pull it out. But I think you have to give them more credit than maybe we do because, you know, the rotation – it's never a; it's never a dominating rotation. It hasn't been for a long time. You have guys who surprise you. You have Quintana, who's who's doing what a veteran needs to do now. He had a great outing today. It stinks. He still hasn't gotten that that win. Uh, but I, and I think it's an outlier. I think like a Thompson, a Thompson start where he goes two innings. I mean, you saw from the beginning he didn't really have. He maybe didn't have his stuff that day. Absolutely uh,
0: true, and you get the impression too there that they almost hold on to him a little bit longer, knowing just how damaging it's going to be if they have a short short outing from one of those guys and i think that that to me jim is what i saw the other day they they were very scared to pull him out i think they knew what was going to happen to that bullpen if they did
2: i said that we we paid
0: for it for a couple days
1: yeah i i mean it look I think we are what we are starting to see this year is they are, they are um, definitely adopting a little bit of the all-hands-on-deck approach with uh, now even the starting pitching. You know, uh, I think it's going to start morphing into that. We started to see it a little bit uh, the other day with Wilson and Peters and what they did. They right. switched them up, and uh, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, look, there's never going to be a foolproof system. If one of your starters goes out there and gets shelled, uh it has to leave early it's going to tax a bullpen and it's it'll tax a bullpen a little bit more the way the pirates are trying to do things so um getting this extra uh, um pitcher spot if they uh feel they need it for this next month i think that's a real benefit to a team like the pirates what they're trying to do this year uh whether that's out of by plan or necessity so
2: it's a benefit it for all cost? teams though, right? Really? I mean Yeah, I think so. Like you have the three teams who had who started who took the most pitchers into the season, I think there were three MLB teams who took sixteen pitchers, that was the most into the season. It was the Dodgers,
1: Dodgers Rock, for one,
2: the Twins, and the Yankees. And they're all leading the division except for the Dodgers, who they're right behind the Giants. I mean, that division's gonna be close for the entire you know, West is gonna be close the entire season. But so you have three teams I mean, who does it not who does it not protect? I mean, I, I don't. Obviously, if you want to have more offense, it makes it a little bit more tougher for for offense to get going. And if you know the league wants to to produce more offense and more entertainment, but also thought about this, like think about it. You're watching the game, and you want the game to like. How pumped up do you get, especially like the couple Bednar at bats, and um, even even some of the starter at bats, like even some of the Wilson at bats yesterday. Like, how pumped up do you get when these guys just punch these got guy, other guys out, like? It's not. It doesn't even need to be the offense that gets you pumped up for the entertainment value. For me, like I think lights out pitching gets me more pumped up. But also, you know, you don't want to have a four hour game. But
0: oh, I, I love that too. but oh. when I'm watching like something like today, for instance, you know, I, I I honestly have been a proponent of getting rid of the closer role for a long time. I think it's antiquated. I like the idea of moving your best option to face the right area in the lineup so i don't have a problem with bednar pitching the eighth against the the brewers today i guess where where it falls on its face is they don't have that part two of the one two punch like if you had like a blake Cedarland, this whole thing makes a lot more sense and that's not to diminish what chris stratton is he's a decent pitcher and he's he's done well here um but he's not a closer and we don't. We we shouldn't pretend he is. He shouldn't be pitching in the ninth inning, holding a one-run lead. That's just not his role. But the way they do things, it's going to happen. So, Jim, what does this change? Are they going to do something about that? You think is? Are we waiting on Cedarland? They don't really have anybody else coming like that.
1: Um. I don't know if it changes anything this year. I think they're pretty much going to make do with it. Um. You know people get upset with guys, um, that don't perform, but sometimes you're in roles that don't really suit you. And, um, that can lead to some bumps in the roads road. And I think we saw that with Stratton. He finally, it hadn't caught up to them yet this year. Right, It did a little bit. Um, you know, and, uh, catch, Oh man. I uh, yeah. wish it wasn't Cutch that did it, but uh, it it happens. And that bullpen was due. I think Allie mentioned this too. Is like, you know, like it's going to happen. There's ups and downs. The bullpen wasn't Absolutely. perfect today, and um, we finally saw it. And man, the Brewers! I just can't wait to never see them again. Yeah,
2: It'll I mean, you really well, just nice. wanted to come away with one win. I mean, like just one win. <laughs> to, you know, I, I think guess. that
0: was back back when they turned it around, like in 2013, 2014, and whatnot that's when you knew it was really turning around. When they started winning some games in Milwaukee, they started winning some games in Cincinnati. And, and, that, uh-huh. and, they, and they weren't houses of horror all the time for them anymore. That's when you know things have turned around. And it's no secret this season, we're not expecting that turnaround. I don't think anyway, um, I know you have to probably pretend you're optimistic, Allie, but I'll spare you from from saying the truth they're probably going to struggle this year.
2: (laughs) I don't think anyone I don't think anyone, you know, is is trying to, you know. I don't think anyone's trying to fool anyone by saying, you know, and I, and I don't think the organization wants to do that either, to be honest with you, because they know how fans react. And, you know, they're like, we're, we're not, we're not idiots. Like you talk to us, like, we know what we're talking about. Cause we know what you're doing. Just tell us, tell us the truth. And then we'll be on board almost. It's like, that's what all. that's what, especially this city, like, which obviously you're not always going to get the truth. But if you tell them the truth, like, they're like, okay, like they might not, they might not like it right away, but they're like, all right, I respect, I respect you for it. And you know, we'll, we'll be along for the ride, but I don't think anyone's – like, expectations obviously get you in trouble. But I think there's a lot to be excited about on this team. I mean, I, I do. So, uh,
1: And I and, and let me add this, too. Like, you know, we talk about how lights out the bullpen has been in, in many, many facets and then how much the starting pitching has struggled. And the reality is probably what you're going to see is uh, – the bullpen is going to come back down to earth a little bit and your starting pitching is it, it cannot continue to be this bad this early in games all year. So like you'll see it level out and you're going to see right. some things over time, shake themselves out. We, we are still sitting in April, you know, or the beginning of May, depending on when you listen to our podcast. So uh, it, there's a, there's a lot of baseball left. And um, uh, I think, I think what we're going to see is things kind of even themselves out.
2: Well, the Pirates have the fewest innings pitched uh, among their starters in the NL, seventy and a third. I don't know if you heard Greg Brown said that at the end of the uh, at the end of the broadcast today. Or no, I didn't. Yeah, and So seventy and a third—that's the least amount of innings pitched for starters combined. But I mean, obviously, you have those outliers where you have the two innings from Thompson one day. And but I mean, I do think that among the league, anyway, you're not seeing guys go deep and, and also last year you had four pitchers who, who threw 200 innings so I mean it's just that's the way baseball is going I think you're going to have those guys who are able to go but right. that's just not the way the game is, is going right now you're
0: going to have a Walker Bueller and right. you're going to have a Max Scherzer well, I, I get it that's what I'm saying I don't put much stock in that um, amount of innings that the starters have gone because well the Pirates don't put much stock in it this is by design they're barely playing them on purpose. They're pulling Quintana out when he's throwing absolute dust today. And you know, I mean, the traditional fan. I'm only 45, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a crotchety old guy who's used to the way it was in the '60s. But I want to see my starter get to keep going if he's doing well like that. Yeah,
2: and, I, I do agree with that. I agree, and I said that to I said that to McHenry a couple of times watching some of the games. I'm like, would you? I'm like, would you have left him in? Like, and most of the time, McHenry's like, "No, I would have, I would have would have been done." I mean, I'm sure there are instances, but I'm like, I, I mean, you obviously have to look at the whole entire. You know, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what they're saying. We don't know what the game plan was going in. You know, I think a lot of it is like game planning, and and they stick to the game plan whether it's a uh, pitch count or whatever. So like, we don't know that, but and we get we get angry sometimes because we're like, "Oh, we want," but you know, when they have a game plan going in, they, they stick to it. You know, even if yep. some guys like with Peters, you know, I'm like, Oh, I want to keep, I want to see him go. But like, they had a game plan. He's in and, and he's coming. And I think with, with Bryce Wilson and Dylan Peters the other day, I think it almost lit a fire under Wilson's butt. It's like get that competitiveness back. Like, at, like yeah. you want like you're going to do this. You're going to like, all right, I'm going to punch right back. And obviously it's a team sport you want to produce for the team. But I think that that little, you know, competition within the pitching staff I think that little little bit of a fire and I think that I think it helped and I think we saw that yesterday with with Wilson I think he was owned in
1: you did see I mean that was that was more uh emotion from Wilson that I can ever remember seeing so um hey you know even if it's just simply like you said Allie creating competition getting guys attention shaking things up i I don't have a problem with that at all um you know uh sometimes i think wilson when he came here he 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 was just and rightly so handed a spot in the rotation um but sometimes you know maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't hurt to 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 be yanked out of that for a second and and um have to go out there and pitch with a little bit of an edge to you so it was good to see
0: yeah, I, I liked what I saw from that switch-up. I'm not sure how sustainable that is, and I also, I'm also i not 100% sure how comfortable I am with taking someone like Dylan Peters out of that mix yeah. Yeah. of going every other day or so in that bullpen, because I think they really need that, that one-two punch of he and Will Crow. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be timing it up, so I'm using them on the same day like I've seen Shelton do a lot, but... I think that there's a lot to be played there that, that makes the whole bullpen work if they're both in it together. And I'm not wild on the starter thing. To me, the opener, I don't, I'm not wild about that, personally. Again, that's the old school, you know, baseball fan in me. But if it works, I'll probably get over it pretty quick. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. I, t- I tweeted something like that out the other day. I'm like, I just can't ever get used to seeing it. But you know what, if we start winning and they start uh, looking pretty good uh, from here on out, I, I, you know, next year and whatever, if they keep the same, the same approach, and maybe that's the real question is, is like this now going to be something we're seeing, I think. I think it is we might have to start getting used to it because i think that's the approach they're going with it
0: might be but man you bring Rowanzi back up here for instance and he's throwing absolute gas for six cents yeah no nobody yeah, wants to see somebody yeah. come in you don't want trans sam starting the game for him
2: well, i don't <laughs> think it's gonna be i don't think this is the trend i mean i think they are gonna do it when they need to do it but i'm not sure also i think it's like it takes like a shift in your mindset too like you see a, an opener and you see a star and and he's out there killing it and you're like oh no like why don't you leave him in there like keep let him go but like that's right. not what an opener is like that's not what the game plan is and so but i don't i don't know that i don't think that that this is going to be i think when they need to do it they'll do it and and who knows again what the reasoning was maybe it was the light of fire maybe it was because you know wilson you know obviously maybe didn't feel like he deserved to start that day so or maybe he just wanted to give him take some pressure off of him and say hey look like just just sit back and relax for a second, and obviously, I don't know if it took pressure off of him, but uh, it's a different. It's probably a different. I don't know because I've never pitched in the major leagues. Yeah. But it's probably a different type of of mental state feeling when you're when you're coming in. You I
0: know? will say or, I'm more okay with it when it's somebody like Dylan Peters because Dylan Peters is capable of giving you
2: started, right he's four or five started.
0: innings if you want. Right. 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 Whereas when they were talking about it initially being Sam Howard. Being their their big opener option I didn't like it Because you're basically just playing a game there You're trying to pretend that the rest of the league Is so stupid That they're going to go They're starting a lefty I best have all righties in my lineup today And and then We pulled the carpet out from under you Here's Bryce Wilson Well people haven't been that stupid Since Tampa did it the first time So that's gone Dylan Peters you probably should think a little bit about whether you're going to adjust your lineup or not because he probably could go three, four innings if you didn't switch your lineup up and he's just crushing lefties all day, you know? So I kind of like that a little bit more than like that one or two inning guy. Does that change anything for you, Jim? Or is it still a traditionalist thing for you? (sighs) Yeah.
1: I'll tell you, I I would I think moving forward, what I would like to see is like maybe not go just solely by the book philosophy for everybody on the staff. Like um, once you move like a Roansy into the, the rotation, um, and he's capable of pitching, you know, a little bit more six seven innings because he's dominating, or a guy like that. And I know they want to be careful with arms, power arms, and injury and whatnot. And then if you've got the back end of your rotation isn't that strong, and you want to try to you know do a hybrid of like the the opener, I I would I wouldn't be married to anything across the board, and I don't think for a team like the Pirates you can afford to do that. So um, I'm open to it. I think listening to uh uh Dewey talk uh, just made has uh, Dewey Robinson. Uh, yeah. The uh what's it what's his official title now? Because I Super I
0: don't Pitch know Guy. We'll call yeah, him Super Pitch Guy.
1: Super pitch guy from the from the Rays, who's now with the with the with the Pirates. He he I, I just I, I'm at least open to exploring things that I would have bristled at three, four years ago with uh how teams are managed and rosters are put together and philosophies. So I'm willing to explore it. I like a hybrid approach, though, if it's possible.
0: Well, this is awesome conversation about the pitching staff and the overall roster, and I have a feeling it's going to come up in our Call Your Shot. So I'm going to go ahead and take another break, come back, talk a little bit more. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It's time to get to know Allie a little bit. We've had her talk about the Pirates for a minute here, but it's time to talk about how she became an anchor person for the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and found her way back home. So tell us a little bit about your journey, Allie. How'd you find your way to your favorite baseball team?
2: Uh, I annoyed them so much that they finally were like, okay, fine, just come like sit there I'll see if you can do it. and And then that was that. Um, well, uh, okay. I'm trying to condense this. So I, I was born and raised in in Pittsburgh and my, my dad, I grew up playing basketball, but my dad played baseball. He played at Point Park actually, and, and was there when they were in the few NAI championships. Um, so he, and he, his team actually used to throw batting practice for the pirates at three rivers, at uh, that Point Park team. So he would go down. He's always been involved in, in sports around the city. And uh, I grew up, Oh, should we, should we answer it? No. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. Right
1: That's on cue. awesome. Um, Ears were burning.
2: Yeah. So uh, He, we just, we always went, it was pit basketball and pirates baseball that we grew up guys. So I went to the field house. I remember uh, I, I saw my, the one memory I have from field House is, is Rip Hamilton uh, when he played for UConn and, uh, what is his name? Clay Elamine? Is that his name? The little point guard that played for UConn. Um, I digress. But uh, so field house and then baseball games were the two things that that we did growing up. Uh, were you
1: there? Were you there for that last second shot when they lost? I, I think it was yes, to right, UConn.
2: Right, and and Elamine like ran up on the on the uh, scores. Yes. Yes. Oh, that painful. Painful.
1: Felt- oh, it was right before, right before things got really good for pit basketball, but that's, that's another podcast. I'm going to shut up now.
2: <laughs> yes, I was there. And for whatever reason, that memory will, that, that memory is ingrained in my head forever. I do not know why. I mean, obviously it was, a well, personal, but, but still, I just, I, I picture, and who remember that the, uh, the blonde hair, white guy who played for UConn, that was like, what the heck was his name? He was like, blonde? he's on that team with Rip and, uh, and El
1: what I remember about that, I think Yukon was number one in the country that day and that they were that close to upsetting them and, and just let it happen almost. And uh, it was perfectly pit yeah,
2: perfectly. for the, just like yeah. if, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. so again, they're like, well, "This is not a basketball podcast. What is Be quiet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, grew up going up, going to baseball games and, and basketball stuff. And, uh, then I, I was supposed to go away play basketball in Cleveland at a division three school decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I didn't want to play, came home uh, and was going to enroll at Pitt. The classes had already started at Pitt. So they were like, you got to wait till next semester. Well, I was like, well, I don't want to be behind people, which who's behind. I don't even know like who would I have been behind. Right. So I, I live close to Chatham. I enrolled at Chatham and I thought I'll be there for a semester, then transfer to Pitt. I wanted to play in basketball at Chatham for a year. Uh, well, the first semester went to transfer to Pitt. My credits didn't transfer. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm staying here. I'm not taking all these math classes over again. Cause it was not, I was not doing that. So I went to Chatham, got my MBA in five years there. And so it was home uh, during that time. And my senior year in college, I, inter- I, uh, um, I interned with the Pirates and they knew that I wanted to do, I always wanted to do broadcasting Cause I love to tell stories. That was my thing. I wanted to tell the stories. And that's like, you hear that from, I feel like every broadcaster, it's like, I wanted to tell people stories. And so it's very cliche nowadays, but that's what I wanted to do in high school. That's how I wrote all my papers. It was, you know, it always came back to real life thing. Or I remember uh, Madden wrote a, uh, an article about something uh, some something something about Special Olympics, and it pissed me off. And so I wrote my entire English paper about how mad and pissed me off because he was he wrote about Special Olympics <laughs> and how it didn't like something. Some,
1: that, some like, never changed.
2: So
0: Ali was no. an OG blogger. Is what happened here. I mean, um,
2: like. <laughs> I actually on Instagram, I my friends tell me I'm all into health stuff and like a wacko about it. And they're like, you need to start posting all of your stuff that you eat and that you use on your skin and what you don't use. And I'm like, I don't know if people care. And so like if I post it, I'll hashtag it. Not a blogger because I'm like, I'm not a blogger. I don't know what is, what am I even doing? <laughs> uh, so intern with the Pirates my senior year in college. Uh, I had wanted to get into broadcasting, but just never really thought it was, uh, you know, my, I grew up with a business family type thing. We had a family business. My dad was a business his whole life. And so I didn't know if it was really attainable, realistic. So I got my MBA in marketing, but took some broadcasting classes. I was at the Pirates. They let me do some MLB.com stuff for them. I did a story with Jeff Bannister uh, I talked to you guys all before we started uh, about his, his story about how he came up and he had battle cancer and he got his one major league at bat and, and, he, and um, he got hit. So he has now had a, has a career thousand batting average in, in the major leagues and such a great guy. I think he's with Arizona now. Um, but him and Clint were, were great to me when I was uh, starting out, just so welcoming and especially for like a young girl. It wasn't like they weren't trying to, you know, you're walking in and they weren't, talking down to you or, or important to to probably
0: note that that was before it was en vogue to make sure you were welcoming to women.
2: Yes. A million percent. Yeah. I mean, it was 2008, 2009, probably. I mean, I mean, it was starting a little bit then, I guess, but yeah, it wasn't, you weren't really (laughs) seeing much of that. It wasn't like, it wasn't that.
1: Yeah, um, it
0: wasn't. It wasn't it, like somebody immediately went and tweeted out that right. they were just nice yes. to a
2: woman. Yeah, but-
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one had. No one had to do it the, back then.
2: Right. No. Uh, so I, I did appreciate that, and both of them have daughters. So you know, I don't know if, um, but just good people. So
1: yeah, good people.
2: Uh, I wound up doing some stuff for the pirates on MLB.com, which it was when they first started using MLB.com in that way. I mean, now you see every team, they have team reporters and the contents put out, you know, every other day, every day, different stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing. So thanks to the pirates, whoever let me do that, because I think my first band, I think the banish story was like 20 minutes long. Like that is like, I mean, like literally like could have been like a special on whatever. And they like, okay, that needs to be like, now it's like, you know, two minutes is your max. Um, so well, did that. I uh, wound up doing in-game stuff for them as well a little bit later, which was fun with, with Joe Klimcheck, Um, And was able to build enough of a reel that I uh, submitted it to a couple of different stations, I submitted to one in Steubenville, and they wound up giving me a shot. I wound up, actually wound up uh, just shadowing the sports director there. His name is Don Sloan. He's uh he's been there forever. He's now the news director, but he's like a legend in in Steubenville because his son actually has his son Hunter actually now works full time for the Pirates Ground Crew. Uh, so he wanted to go. Hunter wanted to go to law school and uh, changed course. He was working a little bit for the Pirates Ground Crew. Like I want to do this full time. So now he's doing that full time. Um, I've but, stood on
0: that lawn a couple times and never wanted to leave too, so I get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you can't really be at law school, you know, stand outside on baseball. They do work really long hours, though. I'll give them that very, very, very long hours with with not a ton of days off during the season. But uh, so I got the job there, shadowed there for a couple of weeks, and they were like, "Okay, we don't have any room for you." I was like, um, "Okay, cool. Well, well, how can I stay here? What can I do?" Um, and the morning anchor was quitting or leaving or something like that. I was like, Well can I can I interview for that job or can I audition? And they were like, Well you know how to do news or you know about news and report and I was like, No. And they're like, okay, well we'll let you do it. So I ended up auditioning, wound up getting that job. So I did morning news for nine months and then um which I probably would never um Okay, we'll keep that to myself. Um but after <laughs> that I uh not because of the morning. Um, but so then uh, the sports director at the time, Don Sloan, was promoted to news director. And so I slid back into that sports role. We had done, I think we went to three Pirates Spring trainings while I was there. So we did a lot with the Pirates. We covered the, uh, the playoff win, uh, which was really, really cool. I was in the locker room afterwards, got drenched with champagne. Um, just a cool moment. You know, my family was there and, and you know the blackout in the city. That was, That was probably one of the coolest sports moments that I've ever been a part of did your
0: dad make sure you steered clear of Tony Sanchez or
2: you know, just <laughs> you don't want to
0: be in the locker room with yeah. him after a celebration yeah. so
2: Jeffrey Jeffrey uh you know what Jeffrey's like one of those guys my dad's one of those guys that like you know he's not he's he's just like he pushes right into it you know, just 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 go he doesn't you know you you'll figure it out don't go have at it so uh so I uh I was able to do stuff with them was involved with uh, the pirates still then wound up getting a job in Cincinnati doing sports there. Uh, wound up coming home a couple of years ago and had been in contact with AT&T since I was out of college just because I'd been around and bugged right. them forever. Just, I was like, Hey, like I'm here, like it's my hometown. Like need girls on here How about <laughs> it? Yeah, because this city really loves women on TV in sports. Uh, but i think am picking
1: too. up your sarcasm there
2: uh, no oh, well, I, we got
0: we got jenna harner too i i think that's two. i don't know jenna i know she,
2: she works so in the uh well, jenna
0: is on our network doing a podcast about the penguins and she's the channel oh, nice. 11 nice um newscaster and i think she's awesome so <laughs> like, taylor yeah. hoss is really good so
1: so how long did it take you to say yes uh, when something finally did come along? Um,
2: well, I wound up, come, when I moved home from Cincinnati, because I, I, my contract was up there and I wasn't going to, uh, I was going to move home to kind of regroup a little bit to see what I wanted to do, if I wanted to stay in the business or not. And uh, the at t knew that I had, you know, wanted to to kind of get my foot in the door for the last 10 years uh and so i wasn't even expecting and i had been and i bugged them every single time like every time a contract was coming up or whatever i'd say be like hey can i send you my new reel hey can i do this hey can i do that and it was always like yeah go ahead they're always nice but it was just there was never anything we know the ogs you know you have stan you have Rob, you have king or you have uh, potash and you know robbie's been there too but Um, you know those guys have been there forever and and they're so great at what they do and people love them because they know them and they they care about this city and they care about the teams and they've been involved in so much over the years that you can't you can't bring someone else in and get something like that because those guys have so much life experience in this city with sports that you just it's you can feel it and you know it when they talk I mean even when, when Stan does these shows I mean how it's like he just has story after story after story. And some of them are from, you know, 50 years ago. And there's still
0: uh, nobody in town that I'd rather hear intro a big game than Stan Saverin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: hearing his voice before, but Allie, we would love to just say, welcome to town. We're really happy to have you. And it's been awesome so far. And it's all led up to this moment. You now get to be part of call your shot on the pirates fan forum. So you have to listen to a listener's question and help us answer it so let's go ahead and take a quick break and do the job hey fan forum the pirates had a lot of players on the roster last year second most in the bigs can we expect the same for 2022 also how many pirates are going to make their mlb debut next year thanks all right, so that was Call Your Shot. That's J- that's our buddy Sean Connolly from down in Texas. And perfectly timed question, to be honest, Jim. It's, it actually reflects back to the first segment where we were talking about how many rookies have made their debut already this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we're going to be right up there again this year as far as, like, number of players that hit this roster. And, you know, early on, I think I said... 10 to 14 guys that are on this team on opening day aren't going to be here next year. So, of course, I think we're going to see a lot of roster turnover and a lot of people coming up. I mean, anything to add to that?
1: You know, obviously, I think next year we will really, really see it. Um, The good news is is, um, we're not completely through some of the retread stuff, but We are further along than maybe we were last year with some of the names that you are are seeing. But um, I think you're going to see, you know, we already know Contreras is going to be back up and Cruz is going to be back up. But we're going to start to see a couple more position players, I think, get a chance. We're going to see a a few pitchers get their shot as the year goes on.
0: We already got got a couple I wasn't expecting, like Marcano and So Right. Yeah, my number could even get blown out of the water. I mean, Ali, what do you think? You, you, a lot of players coming up? or?
2: I mean, I think I, this isn't really a direct answer, but I do think it depends. But you see so many guys. I mean, guys are killing it in the farm system right now. Like You have guys who are at the top of the league in a ton of categories on these Pirates, farm, which, I mean, you knew they're in the top ten farms. I mean, obviously when Charrington took over, it was something that they wanted to do, and, and he's proven that he's backed it up with moves that he's made that that's what he's doing is is right. building this farm system, but you know if guys are producing down there, then eventually you got it. You got to move them. So um, and just like we talked about earlier on, like you have, I think it was Mason Martin down is down there killing it. Like uh, so, and I don't know. And obviously Cruz, uh, I think someone asked Shelton about him the other day, and he said yeah because he you know hit a bomb the other day, and Shelton was like yeah, I mean he still has some work to do, but uh, I think it just I think it just depends on. Uh, you know what they're feeling. What they're feeling that day, but I think that there are a lot of guys who are probably going to prove that that they can make a move one way or another. I don't know if it's going to be to the to the major league level, but when you're putting up numbers, you got to be rewarded for it. So,
0: absolutely, Jim. I mean, Cruz. We could probably debate forever. We could probably do an entire show about that. In fact, maybe next week we should do that. Uh, if he's not up here <laughs> by then. Then I think you start getting into talking about Super Two manipulation instead of just season manipulation. So we'll have a nice conversation about that, and we can I think it's time, it. right? Yeah, we can probably balance it with performance as well. I bet we can probably talk our way around that subject for a minute.
1: But yeah, let's let's let it shake out another week with Cruz and see where we're at. And um, there's so many, so many angles to that, and God knows Twitter can't get enough of it. So never ever. Never ever. But, but real quickly, you know, Ali mentioned Mason Martin. You know, hey, you know, I think at some point, if he, if he even remotely continues to do what he's doing, we're going to see him. I don't think it, it's going to be in the next week. But um, no, he's another guy, especially with Yoshi. Kind of boy, Yoshi's struggling. So. Your biggest
0: issue there is if Yoshi doesn't perform, how do you move him out of the way? you know, you're going to have to move them out of the way in a way that pirates don't traditionally like to do when they've spent money.
1: They so, There are 4 million reasons why they wouldn't. So right. uh, we'll, we'll see. So um, I got to I gotta say this real quick or ask Allie, what is on your shirt? Because I keep seeing yeah. initials and you got the hair covering some of it. So I, what's going on?
2: I didn't even, I was, this is the, my air dry hair look. Uh, uh, okay. This is uh, this is my buddy's Jim, who uh, I went to high school with him. Alderdice, uh, Taylor Gang, you know, Rams um, is his is his kind of brand. He won Mister Physique, Mister Olympia. You guys know better than that. That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger won. You were telling me.
0: Yeah, we don't know about it personally. I mean, yeah, I was just gonna well, say but- this is. <laughs> not- <laughs>
2: you know, at one point, and we're like, oh, those guys look like uh, I want to compete with them. Uh, so he won that a couple of years ago, and he's from the area, and is opening his his own gym. And I've been looking for like an old school style weightlifting. Not that I want to get jacked; just trying to, you know, build a nice, you know. uh,
0: You don't want so, to fill out a suit like McHenry, right? I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> he
2: McHen- looks like
0: it's about to pop off of his <laughs>
2: biceps, doesn't? Not he? so much that. No, we're keep, we want to keep the arms just a to- lean. I was
1: going to say toned. Um, toned,
2: oh, toned, tone and lean. Um, but so, what's
1: it stand, your, stand
2: for? Your ambition, manifest success. Uh, and so, he's opening a gym in the south side on Fourteenth and Carson. I believe it is. It's not open yet, but in the next couple of months, it will be. And uh, anyone can go. And it's just, it's a garage gym. The garage we opened is nice out, and you know, you love to support local people. And I know that you know Shelton wears this charity shirt, so I'll have to, I'll have to do that next time. But I wanted to uh, rep my my guy who. Uh, he's doing some good things and and well, very cool because the only for, thing down yeah. there
0: is la fitness so that's good <laughs> i'm glad there's some an alternative because uh,
2: worldwide. there you go
1: little old school action
0: good stuff so hey ali thank you so much for joining us this week it was great and uh, really excited for see where you take this job and see how much how much uh, further you get to Entrench yourself in pirate fans' lives doing this, and it's it's good to see a local person return and come back and do what they love doing.
2: I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. And don't forget, jump on that raw milk train.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my wife is gonna hear about this. So, uh, but no, you know, like I, I mentioned to you uh, off off, uh, you know, when we weren't recording. Just I know what it's like to move away. I know what it's like to come back and get involved again. And I'm sure it's kind of been a whirlwind, but almost a dream for you to come back and be involved with the pirates on, on, on the level that you're doing it. So I'm just happy for you. It's, it's a cool story.
2: Super thankful for all of it. So yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for allowing me to come on here and have a mic. Thankfully we're not in person, so you can't feel my clammy hands.
0: (laughs) And right. Everybody, I already know this was a very positive show following a a sweep loss so
2: That'd be. I know. You, that. you can
0: go ahead and, and just save your criticism of that. We understand. There'll be plenty of time to be negative as the season goes on, but right now we just wanted to have a nice baseball show and talk about what's going on with the team behind the scenes a little bit and get to know some. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and say, "Let's go, Bucks!" And let's hear a burgeoning hockey star say it now. Yes, go Bucks!